0: Episode four hundred three after the whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. So, all star break has officially started. No Derek Roy today. Couple things we'll talk about. Jeff Skinner was was given what two percent of the votes of an anonymous vote. Players in the league that would want to punch him in the face. I think that was the statistic. Uh, really? <laughs>
1: yeah, you didn't you didn't hear this? No. Oh, okay. Who uh, who is the leading candidates? I would have so, to say the cousins kid from Florida is up there. Cousins was number one. I don't have the really? statistics in
0: front of me, but Shred and Reagan asked me this question today. And uh so they said cousins was first, Marshand was up there, two or three, and then who was the third? Oh, and Matthew Kachuk. Oh, really? Okay. All right. So I so and then they said Jeff Skinner. And I said, you know, it I told them, I'm like, that's kind of a badge of honor for those guys. I said, like, you don't think Matt Kachuk loves being is up it? there? Oh, yeah. Is that the badge of honor you want? No. Well, hold on a second. It's not like that's their only badge of honor, right? Like, Matthew yeah. Kachuk is a is a is potentially, every year, a candidate for a Hart Trophy with some of the seasons that he's had, right? So, yeah. you know, his performance in the playoffs, all this stuff. Yeah, I think that's a badge of honor to have that to go along with it. I mean, it's not like it's it's certain players and that's their only attribute that, that they're known for. Like Jeff Skinner is a 40-goal guy, has scored 40 goals in the league. Jeff Skinner is a, a point producer in this league. So to have that,
1: I think that's kind of a badge of honor why you think it bothers him. No, because I think when Jeff Skinner is playing his 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 best game for this hockey team is when he's getting under the skin of players. I on the other team, th- I that's, thought you were
0: going to say, "Yeah, I want to punch him in the face because of his goal song." But I guess we're past that point now.
1: Listen, that's uh, listen. Those days are over. Song's terrible, just absolutely embarrassing. I mean, embar- it's it's embarrassing, and uh, you know, I know it's a joke, right? I know it's a joke. He's playing that song to have Sorry. fun and make it Sorry. a joke. I should never have even said it. It's a joke song to begin with. So he he got 2% of the votes. Yep. Deserves it.
0: I do think it's a bit of a badge of honor. Um, All-star game this weekend. That was the first thing we talked about on Shred and Dragon was the all-star game. And I don't know. Like, I, I, I caught myself in the middle of what I was saying, sounding like such an I don't want to say an old man, but just uh, kind of annoyed at the way things are done these days. Like very kind of n- very, very negative toward it.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I don't were you, did you did you like it when you when you were a when player was... in the NHL? Were you watching any of the All-Star game? Did you did you? look at who had the hardest shot, you know, who won the hardest shot, who was the fastest skater. Like, what did you do anything?
0: The only year that I went out and watched with intent the All-Star game during the All-Star break, I remember where I was. I went down to Portland, Maine to see my brother because he was playing for the Portland Pirates. And we went to a bar in the afternoon to watch the game. And it was, it was called the bar was called Brian Baru and it was downtown Portland, Maine. And I went because Lindy was the coach Drury, Briere, Campbell and Miller were all starters in the all-star game. We had four starters. So, so I went out to watch that game, but other than that, Craig, I don't know that I could tell you anything about the all-star games from the time that I was in the league or even playing pro.
1: Yeah, and I was the same. I I, I wanted to especially know. Especially since things. they
0: switched to three on three. When they switched to three on three, you lost me
1: forever. Yeah, there's two things that uh, I looked in, and it was I, I never watched it live ever. I always watched it the day later, and just checked in on who won the hardest shot and who was the fastest skater. It's the only thing I've ever checked on every single year because the rest of it. Is, is just not something that's for me. I think there's people out there that really enjoy um, watching the passing challenge and, and uh, the stick handling challenge and the accuracy shooting and things like that. I think there's a lot of fans out there that love to watch these insanely talented hockey players play three-on-three. There's a lot of people that love it. I'm just not one of them. So I choose not to... To, to watch but I've always had a passion for the hardest shot competition and and the fastest skater I mean some of these fastest skaters guys going all the way back to Paul Coffey who is a defenseman who is just effortless in the way that he would skate around the ice I mean it, it it's just beautiful beautiful to watch you really can appreciate how great these players are on their skates when you watch these these men skate in the fastest skating competition how quick they are and and jeremy roenick said it best like he enjoyed he went to nine all-star games and i'm sure he enjoyed it but there was something special about your first one or two okay it really when you're a young guy you're on top of the world and you cannot wait to get there with the other best players in the world Okay? But then there's a point where it really starts to wear off. You start to get a little older, putting more miles on your body, some injuries, some aches, pains, and you just need that time for rest. And a lot of these guys, I don't think, want to be there. They really don't want to be there. They want Nikita Kushoff doesn't not want to be there. Guys like um, you know Nate McKinnon, guys that have been in the league for a number of years, They're at that point where it's like they value that rest, that time off, and it's tough, but they have to do it because that's what sells the game. These guys, these superstars, are what sell the game. Big trade yesterday in the NHL. Is it a big trade? I would consider that. A very big trade. Yes.
0: What's with Vancouver and Calgary just trading each other within the division? This is hilarious. I've never seen anything like it. It's like, here, let's help you guys out. We're going to help you out. Takes the door off. Here, you want Lindholm too? Take Lindholm. We'll stack you guys up to win the Pacific. Yeah. Or is that that Calgary trying to fuck over Edmonton? Is that a battle of Alberta
1: through trades? Well, it's quite interesting, right? I I, I really do think it's it, it's an interesting trade. You you're trading away um, a player, Andre Kesmenko, who last year had a very very good year. Scored thirty nine goals last year, had seventy four points. He was the uh, the main trade piece that went over to Calgary, um, and Elias Lindholm went the other way who's a very very good player he's he's without question a number one slash number two uh centerman in this game he is going he's an honest player he plays the right way with a ton of skill he is a perfect and i mean perfect fit for vancouver right now and vancouver got stronger like a lot stronger this is this is already the top team in the NHL points wise, but they just got stronger with the right player. This is a player. Lias Lindholm is going to help the Vancouver Canucks down the middle. He's an outstanding player. It it's going to be interesting. And listen, on the on the flip side of it, I I really like what Calgary did with this trade. I think it's a great trade for Calgary. Or, or, or for uh, Cal- uh for Calgary they've got two young defensemen um that I think are going to be very very good defensemen in the NHL um you're bringing over Andre Kazmenko, and you got a first round draft pick I mean I think they they did very very well with this trade because Elias Lindholm was an unrest- he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. And I don't know if he would have signed back with Calgary. So this is, this is a really good pickup for Calgary. Um, good pickup for both sides. I think. To me, the most interesting part to me, isn't
0: even the trade pieces. I, I mean, it's, it's that Calgary's trading within their division. I mean, now, now granted what's what Lindholm has, what, how much time does he have left on his contract? Since Lindholm last year, is right?
1: up this year, and he's an and, unrestricted free okay. agent. and
0: so is Zadorov. So Calgary doesn't give a shit where they send these guys. They just want to get the most in return because Zadorov's a UFA. He's obviously not going back. Lindholm's a UFA. He's not going back. Okay. Well, th- this is good and bad, in some ways, because it's frustrating that trades are being made. You have the Cutter Goche trade. You have this trade. Correct me if I've missed any other trades. I don't know if there's been any other trades recently. I I can't remember, but just as it comes back to the Sabres, start making some trades. Although,
1: I don't want to go there yet. Um, Although what? What were you going to say? You got to spit it out now. Can't leave us all hanging.
0: Well, I can. I can can because I can edit this. No, I just I sit here and I think I've been thinking about the Sabres. Like I went on, I went on shredding ragging this morning, and they were we were talking about the team and the All Star break and all this stuff and going away. And you know, I was just you know saying kind of what we were saying on the show here about um, not posting maybe their trips and celebrating the season that they're having because you don't have a bunch of guys that are going to the Hall of Fame this year. Last year we had four or five Hall of Famers on the team. This year, you know, I said the season's a complete dud. And I just, I sit here and I, I think about the Sabres season and, and what have they won, it's back-to-back games three times now? L.A. San Jose was the most recent. Correct, time. yes. And I cannot emphasize enough, and I'm not trying to sit here and, and start a, a a a battle, but I look at these teams that have made changes and what changes they've made, and some teams have gone in some directions, some have kind of stayed stagnant, but it's like the issue on this team in buffalo is coaching the issue on this team in buffalo there's no reason why with the talent that you have on this team that you are not able
1: to have a better record than you have right now and where where do you think where do you think the the biggest order of business is like what, what if you're going to say coaching, explain to me why we're not going to put more emphasis and, and blame on the players. We have a whole bunch of players that last year under the same coach had career years. We're talking Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, Alex Tuck, Dylan Cousins, Casey Middlestat, uh Rasmus Stalin. It goes on and on and well, we on. We don't and need on. we
0: didn't need him to do that. We need because we needed guys like Paterka to do what they're doing. We needed Jack Quinn to do what he's doing, but only healthy. And they're doing it. So Paterka's kind of making up for the loss of maybe what Tage isn't, isn't where he isn't at, or maybe where Tuck would have been last year at this point, but isn't this year. So Paterka's stepping up, Quinn's stepping up. You know, they're also making up for what Cousins has has been lacking in the in the offensive department. But you need that out of teams to take a step the next year. Because we said going into this year, you're not going to have guys having the same stats and career years every single year. It's not going to happen. Some guys will drop off. That's where other guys need to step up. My issue isn't in the offensive department because you don't need five, six goals to win every night in this league. My issue is in the defensive zone. My issue is the defensive structure. My issue is the motivation of the players before the games. My issue is the preparation. That's not on the players. I'm not saying that the coach has to go in and insert a heartbeat into these players before every game. I don't question the, these players' heart or work ethic. Not one of them. Maybe Jeff Skinner's desire to get back, but I'll tell you what, his desire to to his passion to win and score goals and produce for the team is it's unquestionable. That's right. Okay. Yep. Where I'm going with this is that I'm sorry. I, I've met Don Granado and I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great guy, but I do not think he is a good
1: NHL coach. I think he's a good defender. Well, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm just going to stop you right there. To say that Don Granado is not a good NHL coach is absolutely Absolutely. Okay, so not, instead of tearing my head right off, choice of, of te- words. Okay, fine. Instead of tearing my head
0: off, for my choice of words. Correct me. What's what's the proper way of putting it? Or think Don Don Granado,
1: I-, I think Don Granado, I think Don Don has done a fantastic job for three years with a group that was that was so buried under the sand, mentally, physically, everything, emotionally. And Don Granato and the way that he coaches and the way that he develops and the way that he interacts with broken, broken young players, I think he's built those players up and given them the hope and strength, and their their games started to flourish. Okay, Rasmus Dahlin and Yoki Haru and Middlestadt and, and, and Tate Thompson. And it goes on and on and on. These players exploded and blossomed into what we all wanted where I'm going to add and jump on your bandwagon is I don't think Don Granado is the coach to take this team to the next level because we're not at the level of what we were three years ago. We do not have a defensive system. There's not, and I don't want to hear one goddamn media person start you know, tweeting me or writing articles that this team is going to win because of their offense. No, there's nobody wins because of offense. You win because of a defensive system that offensive players buy into. And if you do it properly, you will have success because offensive players playing defense. Wow. That's interesting. And there's going to be games where you win 4-0 or 4-1. There's going to be other games where you might win 1-0 or 2-1. But it's understanding how to defend. These these guys are given carte blanche of just, you guys are the greatest. You guys are the most skilled players. We've got number one draft pick, overall draft picks. We've got high-end. Everybody on this team is a high-end draft pick because the, the Sabres have sucked for so long that every single guy... Has been drafted basically under under eight. So what's wrong except with what I for, said. except for he's not Benson. a good NHL coach? Will, will well, Dongenau, no, because that is me, not that's. Not, I, I I don't oh, like. I said hearing. he's a great developer, Craig. I said he's a. I he's, he's more a, than just a great developer. Okay, okay. I think he he's a great great very mo- good coach for is a he? certain type of is team. He? Yes,
0: is he? Yes. Okay. Is he a great motivator? Doesn't seem for like for a certain
1: it. type of team. Yes. Yes, he is. What type of team? A Bantam team. No, a team that is very young hockey, man. Okay. Listen, we're not going to, I'm not going to argue. Well, we are going to fucking argue. Okay. Because you're wrong. I think he's good at what he does for a certain type of team at a certain stage in their growth and development as an organization. Then I think it's, I think he's, I think he's lost this team. I think he's completely lost this team. When you I don't have to be a rocket scientist or no media person or how any man out there. Uh, out there, doesn't look at this team and go, "How in God's name, every single fifty percent of the you, games this year, fifty lose- percent of the games this year, we have been down in the first period." That clearly is not just on the players. Oh, that no, is clearly team. on the the how message. Do you lose a team that fast. How do you lose? How do you lose a
0: team that quickly, Craig? How does that happen? Edmonton had different expectations. Edmonton had Stanley Cup expectations, and they have the two best players in the world on their team, running the show. That's why his old junior coach is in there coaching. Okay, now they're winning, and that's phenomenal. How do you lose a fucking team this quickly in in half a year? Half a year. Everybody signed extensions. Tage got an extension. Dylan got an extension. Uh, Samuelson got an extension. Darlene's got an extension. Levi's here now. Turk is looking great. Everything's everything's good. How do you lose a team? How do you lose a team this quickly? How is that possible? If you are a good coach, if you are a good coach,
1: you don't lose a
0: team this quickly.
1: Because I think there there's coaches that are are structurally sound and that are motivators and their standards at this level at this point in time with this team there should it should not be about development continuing to allow these guys develop we need to give them time to develop to ha- to make mistakes well guess what we're we're beyond that okay we're not waiting anymore i don't think should be waiting anymore to allow just young players that are here To just think that it's about development. If you do not do what you're told with John Tortorella, guess what? You will sit and you will pay the price for not doing what he wants. There is a standard, a system that's implemented, and that's it. If you do not get there, you're not going to play. Go and look at all the other top coaches in the league. What happens here? Nothing. They just continue to go out, and I don't disagree with what you're saying. And that that maybe Don Granado yeah, is that's, not that's, quite the head coach for the Buffalo Sabers because they need someone that's going to come right, in you, here you implement can't coach a that way system.
0: Anywhere. You can't coach that way anywhere. Lindy Ruff. Lindy Ruff, uh, we played for him, but forget about what he did back then. What did he do now? We all talk about how he's changed, and he's a, he's a more modern-day coach and understands these players. You know, assistant coach in New York was probably the best thing to happen to him so we could spend more time with the players, work with them, kind of understand their mindset, demeanor, and all this shit. What did he do? He sat their fucking new $8 million man.
1: $8.8 million. Timo Meyer was in the stands because he is not doing what he's told. That is, that's coaching. I haven't seen any coaching here this year. I think I see a whole lot of complacency, a whole lot of, oh, we're just going to work through this. We're going to, you know, we're not going to. It's the same, it's the same thing. Like we played San Jose in our last game. Everybody's ordering the rings because we beat them. What, what was the score? Five to two. They're down two nothing in the first 10 minutes of the game against the worst team in the league. This is unacceptable. They go out on they go out um to uh Anaheim. Anaheim, a team that is the third worst team in the National Hockey League. They're down 3 0. 3 0 halfway through the game? That's not acceptable. Then you go into LA. Were they not down 2 0 in LA and came back to win? Help me out here. Yes, they were down. They were down in Anaheim. Okay. Well, they lost so every single game that they're down. This is unacceptable. So you ask yourself, who is it on? Who is the blame here? Is it on the players that tw- that literally 50% of the games that have they've played this year or at least upwards of 20 games plus the Sabers are down after the first period. Whether it's one goal, two goals, three goals, four goals, It's not acceptable. That is not acceptable, but it's acceptable here in Buffalo because the standard is very low, very low. There's no defensive structure. Everybody is so enamored with, well, hey, we scored the fifth most goals in the league last year. We should be able to beat teams six to five. It's not going to happen in this league. It's not going to happen. So when you don't score in this league, you always are able, even when your team struggles to score goals, you will always fall back on structure and a system that's implemented that every single player will play. Even Jeff Skinner, even Jeff Skinner. And if he doesn't do it, you will not play. Looking for a night out? Maybe go watch a game at a bar? Maybe even have a nice fancy dinner. Who knows? I might even get crazy and play some bets while I'm at it. And there's only one place to do all that. Only at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. You can hit up Stick Sports Bar and Grill, grab an unbelievable steak at the Western Door, gamble at the casino, or even play some bets at the sportsbook. All in one location at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close.
0: I'm sorry if I sound like an asshole when I say that. I you know like and it's I got to be honest with you. Sitting here talking about it I don't like that we know these guys. Makes it harder. It's always made it harder. Working for the team we were only allowed to say so much, right? And then now you're able to say whatever you want and you got your your you know people you know behind the bench, people you know running the running the team. You know, I've met Don Granato. I think Don Granato's a, a great guy. I really, really do, and I'm not just saying that to cushion my opinion on the coaching. I'm really not, because when he was when he was an assistant coach, I thought he was a great guy. You heard amazing things about him. So it, it's, it's I don't get enjoyment sitting here saying this, but people listen to us to get honest opinion and our views on what we think is going on, and that's what I think is going on. Like it or not, I mean, I don't want to say that. I didn't want to sit here in, on February 1st and say that the fucking coach sucks and the team is a dud and these guys were Hall of Fame. Like, I don't want to be that way. I really don't want to be that way. Been that way for so many years, and there were so many years where we worked for the team when they sucked that we couldn't say anything and we had to keep it all bottled up because we would have gotten in trouble. So now there's, like, light at the end of the tunnel going into this year, and we're thinking, Jesus, it's going to be so nice to be able to just – and I even said on Shred and Reagan at the start of the year, if they're not in the playoffs at the end of the year, which I, I wasn't sure how I was truly feeling at the start of the year about this team, I said if they're not in the playoffs and they're still just one, two, or three points back, you know, because they didn't make any changes to their roster, I said that would be a successful season but I didn't ever think that they would have to come from this far back to get to that point. I thought it would have been a season of, you know, win four games, maybe you lose a couple, you know, you win a couple, then maybe you lose three, you win four or five, and then you lose three. You know what I mean? Like you're just, you're hovering above 500.
1: So what th- the team is grossly underachieved. There's no structure. Their defensive play sucks. They have a whole bunch of young players that think that they can do whatever they want to do, make mistakes, continue to make the same mistakes in game 50. And and everything's fine because they're going to go out and play. They're not learning because no one is there's a point in time of development and learning. And then there's a time that, okay, I see and understand that this is a very good hockey team. It's time to make strides moving forward. I'll tell you this Don Granado single-handedly in since I've been here in Buffalo he is the most likable human slash coach that I have ever watched or 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 been a part of he is an incredible human being he is an NHL head coach. That's what set me off here today is you telling me that he's not a good he's not a good head coach in the NHL. And the answer answer to that is I totally disagree with you. He is an NHL head coach. But every, every team every team is at a different stage of their of their um climbing of the ladder to win the ultimate prize. And I think Don Granato his is at the end of his his uh leash. He's got a whole bunch of yes men that are standing beside him. Everybody is just in agreement in everything that's going on in this organization, which is one of the biggest problems and one of the biggest reasons why they're stale and not moving forward is because everybody is agreeing. Everybody wants to say the same thing to Kevin Adams. This is what we should do. Oh, I agree with you guys. Yes, that's exactly what we should do. No one's going to stand up and say, no, I disagree. I think that we need this in our lineup. We need these type of players in our lineup. This is what I would do with this. I don't think we're playing this system properly. I There's nothing going on. Everybody is just agreeable and happy that they're, that they're even in this situation to have this opportunity, and it's wrong. If you just got this happy little environment, whether it's in the coaching staff or whether it's, in the dressing room, if everybody's super happy, you do not have a winning team. Well, you do not have a winning team. People need to understand this, that there's great environments to be in. There's a winning environment, and then there's just a, co- a complacent, happy loser environment. And that is what has been here in, in Buffalo for a long time. Talked about the same Things for a decade the lack the lack of roster uh, construction the lack of coaching like a real coach like I'm not talking Phil Housley who has never coached before Ralph Krueger Kevin Adams is not going to pull the trigger if he hasn't pulled it already because As far as I'm concerned with 33 games left in the season and what I have watched for the first 49 games, this team has no chance of making the playoffs. And then you could say to me, well, Rivs, you're wrong there. What if they go on a run? Go on a run. Three times this year, they've won back-to-back games. Three times. Do you think that this team has the ability to go on a run? They can't win three games in a row. So I don't foresee that happening. But that doesn't mean that Kevin Adams cannot make a choice to make this team better because it's unacceptable what this fan base is watching. There needs to be a change of mindset. It's the still it's it's the happy, happy environment. And it needs to change. There needs to be change to this roster. Like Paul Hamilton said a month and a half ago, the roster has not been constructed properly. Therefore, what we're witnessing, this is on Kevin Adams. This is on the philosophy of Don Granato, because Don Granato, if he's happy with this roster, it's on him too. If I was coaching this team, I would be going into Kevin Adams' office and saying, I need some change. I need different players and this is the style of player I'm looking for on this line this line and maybe a defenseman and I'd be looking to improve my roster because as a coach I'd be like this is not acceptable this is not what I what I want to win hockey games I'm in the business of winning hockey games that's what a head coach's job is because coaches come and go Some coaches have the opportunity to stay, you know, five, 10 years in an organization. Most coaches last three to four tops. And I would always be pushing the envelope to try and improve my hockey team. Or if I was in a situation where I'm in a complete and total rebuild, this team is not in a rebuild. We are not in a rebuild. A rebuild was discussed years ago with this team when Kevin Adams took it over three and a half years ago. This team should be further along than what they are right now. So if I was Don Granado as a head coach, I'd be concerned with what I, the product that I have on the ice right now. Do you think Alex Tuck likes losing? I think Kyle Poso likes losing or, or cage Thompson or all these guys. None of them like losing. They're very competitive. They've been competitors and the best competitors I their love, entire
0: life. I'd love to know what Alex Tuck thinks. I'd love to know what Eric
1: Johnson thinks. Well, we know. What I'd Dylan love Cousins to know what Con- thinks.
0: I, I don't care what Dylan
1: Cousins he thinks, thinks they're soft. He thinks that we yeah. get bullied. He basically said it. After Clifton a came very from Boston. frustrated game.
0: K- Clifton came from Boston the most legendary regular season in, in hockey history he was a part of that. Uh Huck came from Vegas, who went to the finals of their first year of franchise existence. Johnson's coming from Colorado. I would love to know what these guys think if the three of them sat down and actually thought about how this team was run. It's run like a theme park ride. Hop on, everybody have fun. Tell you what's not a theme park ride, though, it's getting in a car accident. And they happen all the time. And you can be a victim of one. And if you're hurt in a car crash, there's only one number you need to call. You just have to hit it a bunch of times. It's 888-888-8888. That's the number for Salino Law. So if you've been in a car crash, don't wait. Call the 8s.
1: 888-888-8888.
0: Call Salino Law.
1: So it was interesting. I I, uh, go on my my Twitter or X this morning and start scrolling through just kind of killing time, having a coffee this morning. And I get this, uh, this, um, tweet that was sent to me, Tyler, all, uh, Orlando. And he's, uh, he's kind of like, uh, take a look at this tweet. Uh, you know, like to see your reaction. And I look, and there's uh, this uh, this this person on the golf course that's in, I don't even know what he's wearing, like a women's bathing suit or something like that. And uh, the headlines coming from JJ Paterka is don't lose in golf. And you have Uka Pekalukkanen basically wearing, uh, I don't even know what he is wearing. It's almost kind of like a, a woman's bathing suit. So the boys are having some fun, which... Believe me, I am all about having fun, and I love it. I love this part of uh, part of the game. It's, it's ultimately the best part of the game and what I miss the most. But what was the one thing that I said to you before these young players went on their break? This
0: team is not in a position to be posting all their social media and, and their trips and everything and the fun they're having. Last year's one thing. We had Hall of Famers. We were making the playoffs, maybe. Guys were having career year, signing contracts. This year, this team is is literally, they're, it's a dud. But if there is one guy on the team that can probably enjoy and relish in the success that he's been having, it is UPL. Like if Jeff Skinner's posting a picture of himself on it by an infinity pool somewhere in fucking Fiji, I'm like, what an asshole. Okay? If all these other guys are sitting around and they're posting their videos, like, look at where I'm at. I'm doing shots and all this. It, you can do that. But don't post it because your team is... You're, no one cares right now about,
1: about how much fun you're having. I think sit- that's where you're you're somewhat wrong in a sense. But all I'm trying to say is I don't care if you're in first place or if you're in last place. I am all about fun. Believe me, I loved being with the boys. I loved doing stupid shit and having fun and and interacting and just having a blast. But I said before, we we watched these young guys put on social media, and I don't know if the wives are putting it out there or or girlfriends or whatever it was, but there was pictures being sent last year at the All-Star break that should not have been shown. J.J. Paterka is 22 years old. He's a kid. How they did not, as an organization, basically say, boys, go let loose, do what you want to do, have some fun, but don't put anything on social media. And then all of a sudden, the first day, the very first day of the All-Star break, we've got a picture of the number one goaltender, Uka Pekalukin, wearing basically like a women's bathing suit because he lost a bet. And that to me is not, you have to keep things internal. You have to keep things tight. And the, these young players, these young players that have grown up with social media, like it's, it's, it's everything to them. They're on Twitter, Instagram, you name it. They're on every platform. They need to be guided. Boys go have fun. Do not put stuff on social media. That's all I ask. That's all I ask because this is just not a good look. I know you're having fun and I know it's innocent people. There's going to be so many people that are going to listen to this episode and they're going to be like, oh, Reve, just shut up and quit complaining and blah, blah, blah. I strongly believe that things should be internal. Go and have your fun, but do it internal. Should not be seeing pictures sent from JJ Paterka with Luca Lucan in, in a in a bathing suit. Am I wrong, or or, or am I just like a freaking dinosaur? I'm not a dinosaur because I got I literally I have know, a 20 year old brain. I don't know brain. if you're wrong. I don't know
0: if you're wrong because I I don't see a problem with it from the standpoint of like you said, people want to see the insides and the behind the scenes and the personalities of the guy. So I mean, if this team were in first place, I think this was unbelievable. But from the, from the standpoint of being on a team and making a mistake like going and getting sunburnt uh, as a rookie on a team that is legitimately trying to make the playoffs, it was frowned upon. So I, that's what I've learned. That's what I learned. And this team is severely underachieving. So you would think that they would be keeping all their social media shit like this to an all-time low because they'd be embarrassed for how their season's going. I get it. I get it. I, I don't know. Like, do you think I, I this don't... is
1: okay? Like, you're okay for UPL? Your... Yes. For UPL? Yes. Why? Because... Why for UPL? It has because nothing he's... to do with UPL or it, it doesn't have anything with Rasmus Dalian or Tage Thompson or Jeff Skinner. This has nothing to do with an individual player. This has to do with keeping things internal. Some but things he's you not the keep... reason
0: why this team is in the situation. That it's not about in,
1: being in a situation of, I don't care if you're in last place or first place. These photos should not be coming out. I mean,
0: if there are two guys that are actually, that should be feeling pretty good about themselves during the All-Star break, regardless of the team situation, it is Paterka and UPL.
1: Okay, so th- I, I get it then. it's It's okay then. It's okay I, for them to be sending stupid pictures No, it's pictures not. Out. I'm just, I'm
0: just saying that in like a they're, society, they're fun
1: pictures and they're they're hilarious pictures and they're right, pictures that, believe if, me, I have been there and done that.
0: If I but, sound like I'm on the fence, it's only because it's that struggle between the old school mentality that I came up through and the new school mentality of this is an entertainment business, personality sells, clicks sell.
1: So, UPL's personality sells. JJ Paterka's personality We don't know. Sells. They're so
0: young in the league. They haven't, I mean, maybe they haven't Rebecca felt like has of. been here for five years. What are you talking yeah, but about? but he hasn't necessarily been in a position to feel like he can go and show all his
1: personality. He's still establishing himself, and he still Let me is. tell you, have you ever listened blank- to Devin Levi? Kid's got personality. Kid's got personality. Well, but I mean, doesn't talk like that. It's been here for five years. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to have personality. My point is, go and have all the fun you want. Go and do all the fun you want. Take the pictures and, 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 and enjoy it. But I am not a fan. And this is this has nothing to do with old school, it has nothing to do with old school. This has to do with being smart. And I know people are going to want to listen. They're going to, they're going to want to see these pictures. They want inside what an NHL player is going to do on his vacation. So this is a hilarious thing for the fans. They're sitting there. There's a lot of people that are loving this picture, that are laughing their head off because they get to watch Uka Pekalukkanen on an incredible golf course, having no golf shoes on, wearing a like a, like a women's leotard or, or, or bathing suit. And it's funny. I get it. And believe me, I would have been literally involved with something like that back in the day. I do not like. I do not like the differences. Opening- those would have been on Polaroids. <laughs> okay. We used to have those cameras where you take them in the old. Is that what you're talking about? The Polaroid that's, that's comes Polaroid. out. You give it a little, give it a little wave in the air. And <laughs>
0: yeah. You got to wait like eight minutes for it to. to... <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's just not. That's just not, me. But it's, well, it's not, it's not Maybe the I'm way, just it's not the, the, it's not the mindset that we were, that we played in. I kind of came in at the end of the real serious. Like, I left the game in 2010. 9 was my last year in the NHL. Yeah. So, I mean, it seemed like in the coming years, like 2014, 15, when, when all these social media, Instagrams, I mean, there was Facebook back when I played, but, you know, the Twitters and all this stuff really exploded. You know, that's when players really started to brand themselves. They all had their first initial, last initial na- number, you know that was it CR52 AP76 yeah mmb thir- uh, 40 i get it i, I MB, you know you, you ever look MB at 30. uh
1: um uh, pasternak you ever watch the way he dresses oh you know, yeah it's it's certainly not for me but it's incredible the confidence and what he comes up with and how he dresses. And it's very fashionable and it looks awesome. I love it. It's personality. I love Austin Matthews, whether you love him or you hate him, he's very different in the way that he dresses. He's very about very much on fashion. I love how these guys are showing personality and who they are. And just, I I love these things. There's just certain things for me that need to be kept behind closed doors. That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, this next story I'm about to tell you has to be kept behind closed doors. Thanks for listening, everybody, to episode 403 of After the Whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close.